0: money. Fielders, Puppet Army, we begin our show yet again with the Suicide Puppets' latest hit single. Hate You Right Back off their up and coming album, Tales of Living and Dying on Slaughter Ridge Road, dropping October 30th. Guys, I'm loving this record. I may or may not have already heard the whole goddamn thing, but whatever I have heard, I'm absolutely in love with. Stay tuned for Veritas Suicide's Psycho of the Week, immediately preceding this new song. Ladies, gentlemen, minefielders, Puppet Army, I give you my close personal friends the suicide
1: body parts, human body parts, stuffed in a suitcase in a popular neighborhood. They quickly called in a medical examiner to confirm that those remains were indeed human.
2: Tales in a bizarre murder case out of Pennsylvania and telling investigators where to find the body facing murder charges. Instead, he shot and killed that man and then buried the body on his family's property.
1: Welcome, minefielders and puppet army to Veritas Suicide Psycho of the Week. I'm Veritas Suicide, drummer of the band Suicide Puppets. This week's agent of Satan is none other than Richard Ramirez, LA's infamous night stalker. He's also the inspiration for our song Six Sex Six on our upcoming album, Tales of Living and Dying on Slaughter Ridge Road, which releases October 30th through Unable Records. And many people don't understand that Ramirez's point in life and the reason for his killing spree was to eventually, upon his death, descend to hell to sit at the left hand of Satan himself. His murders were not so much creative as they were most of the time spur-of-the-moment killings. He would drive through southern and mid-California, looking for something as simple as an open window. It was upon entering and feeling the place out for victims that he would murder and defile everybody in the home. He would murder babies, and his female victims often found themselves tied up next to their freshly slain husband, raped and eventually killed. The elderly were a favorite target as well. The nice stalker did everything he could to defile the bodies in the homes of his victims. It took a while to catch him because at the time, separate police forces were not working together or have a main database for reference. Each city thought they had their own separate psycho on their hands. Later, details were shared that alerted California's Boys in Blue that they had a lone serial killer on their hands. He also responsible for a heavy backlash against heavy metal music in the early 80s, after he accidentally left his lucky ACDC hat at the scene of a crime. Despite his lust for murder and mayhem, he did have an impeccable taste in heavy metal music. Growing up as a teenager around El Paso, it was his Vietnam War veteran uncle that introduced him to the world of drugs, Satanism, and prostitutes. A general distaste for all that is holy. The reason he got caught was because he left a woman for dead who, despite his best efforts, survived. She gave a chillingly accurate rendition of the Night Stalker's face to police sketch artists. She recalled his putrid bad breath and rotting teeth. Ramirez wasn't exactly one for dental hygiene. Returning to California from a trip home to Texas, Ramirez stopped at a local convenience store to purchase some tasty treats when, to his horror, he found his face as the splash cover page to every single newspaper in California that day. Headline Banner, The Monster It was then that customers at the store began to realize who he was and chased him down the streets screaming, Monster! He tried to retreat into a nearby Mexican barrio and steal a car to make his getaway. Unbeknownst to him, the owner of the car was at the time under the car, working on it. Ramirez was pulled for the car and beat to within an inch of his life before police arrived and arrested him and took him to the hospital. The entire time he was being beaten, he was renouncing Satan, his one true lord. After recovery, Ramirez quickly found faith in Satan again, and the circus of a trial began. If you still don't know who we're talking about, if you recall a long-haired man flashing a pentagram at the camera during trial, that's him. Ramirez was given life in prison, and after marrying a woman he'd never met, died on the morning of June 7th, 2013, like a punk bitch from complications from years of drug abuse and hepatitis C. These are the reasons why we have chosen Richard Ramirez as the second Psycho of the Week. I am Veritas Suicide, and this has been... Your Psycho of the Week.
2: Guys, I wish we could use that music. Oh,
0: I know. I wish we That's could. That's how, how we that start music. that show. We had, to, we had James to, music. We had to stop some copyrighted shit.
2: No, oh, man, there's so much great stuff out there and you know, you just got to pay a massive license to be able to use it. You see that folks?
0: That that's what I'm Patreon. worried about. Patreon.
2: That's what I'm worried
0: about. <clears throat> uh, and we'll get to it in a little bit. But guys, welcome to Minefields. My name's Joshua Michael and of course, you know my best friend Colin. I'm in Colorado Springs, he's in Tulsa. Or Guthrie. Gross.
2: I mean Guthrie. You know what? The longer I'm here, the more there is to like about the town. I gotta say, there's not enough food. The food that there is is pretty good. I get the train down here every so often, uh, but like you can just get on your bicycle and ride over to the this place or that place or whatever. Your Antique malls are phenomenal. The world's largest, most elaborate Masonic temple is here, and that's where uh, some things are going down. It's pretty awesome. There's I, some cool stuff here. I appreciate that.
0: I like those types of places, man. Like uh, that's like um, that's like Monument and Castle Rock here, man. They've got a beautiful uh, uh, Masonic church here, and I, I really want to a join. Masonic it.
2: church. Yeah. Is it a church built by masons or is it a church for masons?
0: It is a beautiful building that is definitely built probably in the late 1800s, and mm-hmm. it's it's one of those things that if you don't know what to look for, you won't notice it. But when you see the compass outside yeah. uh, and the golden mm-hmm. blazing, okay, I get it. And uh, it's right by one of the best fucking Italian restaurants I've ever been to in my life. Uh, but, I've, dude, I've been going hard in the paint this week, man, on on Sunday. Phrase, dude. dude, I've been going hard in the paint this week, man. Uh, let's see. Saturday. <laughs> what happened Saturday? Shit, I interviewed Yaden on Friday. Saturday I had a bunch of other interviews we did and then um, Sunday I went with my homegirl Melissa to uh, Castlewood Canyon we had a five mile hike it was gorgeous it wasn't too hard of a hike it wasn't too hard of a it wasn't too hard of a hike but it was definitely a long one but it was just beautiful and it was rich with fall colors everything was half uh, summer yeah was, uh, yeah. I know I, I can't believe I'm saying that <laughs> Rich with fall colors, yeah, yeah. with
2: it. That was a, the whitest thing I ever did, if I remember you saying. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Uh, what was it three years ago? I went on a drive. I was like, oh yeah, current girlfriend. Let's go for a drive. We can go down there. We can go look at all. Let's watch the Let's watch the leaves turn. Let's go down there and see all those beautiful autumnal colors. <laughs> Bitch, that's the whitest thing I've ever heard of. <laughs> Wath Joshua Michaels. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> she was asking you me like.
0: like how did Fear Factor get canceled? And we're walking around this corner. And I'm like, oh, I Fear can factor? actually answer that. Uh he was talking about it the other day on the podcast. And uh she's like, Well, what happened? I'm like, the they producer ran out of
2: rectums to eat. <laughs> the...
0: No. The producers wanted them to drink a bunch of goat cum. And, <laughs> and then I find myself almost face to face walking around the corner with this very Scared person, <laughs> like, just like imagine walking in a corner and a six foot four guy just like just says goat cum in your face. I'm like, oh, I'm sorry, i <laughs> put my mask back on. <laughs>
2: and, uh, well, this went, for, this became a rated R show in, in three four minutes, it went in three minutes, 58 yeah. seconds. Dude, <laughs> Yeah, I interviewed Filter.
0: I interviewed Filter, filter, and that guy, man, oh, dude, he's he's a solid foot taller than me, man. He's such a good, he's such a good homie, man. And uh, all we did was geek out about wrestling. It was one of those. It was like it's really rare that, I mean, like all the wrestlers we talk to are awesome, and I'm proud of what they do. But at the same time, though, I silently judge them if they don't. They're not watching New Japan Pro. And the second I I mentioned no. New Japan Pro, he goes straight into it. He's got history. He's got names. He's got dates. He's got matches. He's got dates of the matches. We're talking about Shinsuke, and he's like, "Oh yeah, I remember that man. I remember I was just as pissed uh, watching that fucking dick punching contest at fucking WrestleMania Nollins." Then <laughs> after seeing, and, and yeah, and um, talked to Filter yesterday. I came a better person because um, I'm doing my best to be uh, have as much. Uh, journalist integrity as i can and um just trying to find good stories and i've been wondering to talk to uh, big guns about this for a really long time uh, because he's he's jewish um he's he's a that beautiful guy. jew yeah he's awesome. a be- he's a beautiful jew man he's a beautiful human being and I asked him, like, yo, uh, I saw your posting about Yom Kippur the other day, and last year I wanted to do Hanukkah, but it didn't happen. He's like, yeah, sorry that happened. I was like, that's fine, but like, let's do Yom Kippur. Wait, you
2: wanted to do Hanukkah? What do you mean by that? I wanted to talk about it. Oh, okay, gotcha.
0: And I was like, well, carry tell on, us about Yom Kippur. On. And so he's like, yeah. So, uh, we get on the horn last night. Uh, I don't think he anticipated it being this long, but we, I think we were on the phone about an hour and a half, and, um... I've always really enjoyed the Jewish faith from what I've understood and the people I've met and what they've shared with me, but he really opened up and talking about like, I mean, I, I flat out asked him, when did you realize you were a Jew? Like the same way when I realized I was Catholic and, uh, he went into it and Yom Kippur is fascinating. And the, the, the one takeaway, if I'm going to release this on Monday, Mindfielders, uh, but the one takeaway I want you to, really understand about the jewish faith is that it has a holiday and a specific ritual for every major emotion and event that a human being can possibly go through i'm not talking about like like little nuance things like we're talking about yom kippur is about redemption it's about it's about confession and it's about lining your path out and seeing where God is going to write your name and what your path is going to be like for the next year. And you you, you can either fast, uh, no sex, no food, no water, or if you want to partake in those things, you really got to – it's all about reflection. And Guns told me about being uh, Jewish in the, the military and how one guy was a complete piece of shit to him all the time, but when he had to uh, – not had to – when he was observing Yom Kapoor and he was able to not perform his duties to do the whole day like he was supposed to, this guy like settled the fuck down and after that it was a uh it was a Oof. um a relationship of we're not best friends, but they still keep in touch like hey how's your family how's things going how's yeah. your daughter like like, like legit I'm concerned, and um, I uh, please tell me good things. I want I want to hear good things from you. But if you're bad things from you, like I want to hear, I want to hear too. I, I loved hearing that sort of camaraderie from a guy that he initially like they were about to beat the shit out of each other. And
2: because because he was Jewish,
0: no, no, just because they just weren't getting along at work. I mean, the, you know, oh, there's okay. there's certain personality clashes, and I feel yes, like that's I walked. True. I, I walked away from the interview with guns last night, a better person. Like it, it's been, it's been residual and echoing in my ears all day long and guns are for listening. I really nice. appreciate that. Nice. And, um, wow. Uh, interviewing Daisy tomorrow, Colorado Springs, um, uh, women's champion starting commentary. Uh, wow. A lot of, a lot of big things guys, but, um.
2: I got some wrestling news, but I can't talk about it yet. Uh, It doesn't have anything to do with anything serious that you you and I've talked about. There's definitely things that we're privy to that we don't say anything about because it's just you know people have people have awesome agreements and powerful NDAs and stuff like that, and you know it's just not something we do. But like to to take people's exclusivity away from them, but even that I got that kind of stuff going on with the the work that I'm doing. But uh, yeah, there's a show coming up here really quick, and I'd love to plug it, but I am technically probably not supposed to be in, be there because of uh, work concerns, but you know, nobody's going to know, and then it'll be Monday, like you say, when you release this, and it'll have come and gone, but uh, I'll make sure to make a point of it the next time we record. Do you, do you have a lavalier? You bought a lavalier, uh, didn't you? I can get a lavalier. No, I don't have one. I can get one. That's not a problem. I got a, I got a great sound just, guy, and I'm sure I could rent some equipment. Yeah,
0: just, just find a lavalier, and I'll, uh, I'll send you what you need to, to have to record. Just be, mm-hmm. be mindful of how goddamn sensitive these things
2: are. Um, oh, for real? No, I mean that's the thing. You wear them low on. You wear them like center of your chest. or yeah. Depending, and then it's all about changing the levels and stuff. We. We even change, you know. I'm, I'm ch- uh, this is me changing the level. Yeah, if so you can, the the back the, down like the one thing on the recorder we're using.
0: The one thing I ask of you <clears throat> on that one is to get a lavalier and just uh, get your press pass. They already know who you are, and uh, mm-hmm. just go backstage and do what I did at the last uh, Rocky Mountain Pro Show is just uh, antagonize them into m- cutting promos backstage.
2: Oh man, yeah, right on. Yeah, yeah, a lot of these guys are super local, and there is a particular guy that uh, I think some people are aware of from his online presence. Um, uh, He's got a really solid gimmick, and uh, it's one of those surprises, I think, whenever he shows up. See, I played with my levels, and now I feel like I'm really coming in. I feel, anyway, I feel um, like
0: a, I feel like I give away my secret recipe for backstage. But fuck it, no one can pull it off like you and
2: I. So, uh, dude, you know, if, you know, nobody's going to the. Nobody's trying to do the same stuff we we're trying to do. Nah. Nobody, nobody's doing this. Even if they could, you, you know, know this like, is, backstage at Rocky. We started Hunter, out right? being like it's going to be comics, and then was like let's do comics and wrestling, and then it's like we're going to make it a comics and wrestling podcast. But then we're going to we're going to talk about all this additional stuff. Movie, movie stars. We're talking about real things. Yeah. What's going to happen with some freaking election, non, you know, nightmare that's coming up? I didn't ah. even get to listen to any of that uh, debate. Your, so your brain
0: doesn't need ag- it. Man. It was, it was, it was bad. Yeah, it
2: sounds like it would have been. I, I wouldn't have been in a good mental state to put up with it anyway. It's been a, a hell of a week, uh, and I can't talk about that either. Um, one of these days, I mean, that's the thing. I wouldn't mind getting in and talking about these crazy shows that I've worked on and the. Uh, the, the things that I've learned and the way that it's like fleshed out my professionalism and the things that I didn't do right and the things that I've learned from. But, um, you see, you see, that's uh, why that's you that's have to listen. For another time. That's
0: why you have to listen to what I'm putting out on Monday. Is It's all yeah. about the reflection, it's not about beating <clears> <throat> yourself up. It's like, I didn't do the best job, but here I can do. Now I know how I, I fucked up. I mean, Guns even talked about emailing people he wronged throughout the year. And It wasn't wronged like he like did something really bad to them. It was things that he wasn't exactly proud of. That he wasn't his best self, and Dude, he wasn't. I love that he he wasn't yeah. demanding forgiveness, but he also was given forgiveness. But he also questioned the fact: what would like I don't know what would have happened if I didn't get the forgiveness. But at the same time, though. He would have still had to deal with it within a 24-hour period of reflection and and, and meditation, and figure out how to understand. Okay, I didn't get the forgiveness I was hoping for, but at the same time, though, it's all about figuring out how to do better, even though you didn't get it or you did. And I know, I know, I think I know exactly what might make you feel better right now. Talking uh, about comics? No, j- well, that too, but I just want to, just want to. We're talking about copyright issues. Just
2: Oh no, we're not talking about copyright. <laughs> okay, wait, wait, wait. I wanna do that thing we did right before we started. But already started already started. I'm realizing some stuff about my microphone right now. All right. All right. You ready? Ready? Now, hold, on, hold, on, on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, is but hold
0: on. You know. Hold on. Yeah. Hold on. It's one of those bitches to replay. Hold on. Alright. Three, two, one.
2: Born to a poor nomad and an ill-fated witch, Victor Von Doom used his talent for combining sorcery and technology to take over the European country of Latveria. <laughs> over the years, Doom has wielded his power for great good and great evil. Okay. I got that radio voice, son. I love it, I love it. Okay, so uh, we're starting to get I, I want to do some voiceovers. I want to do some voiceovers. I want to do some... Uh... Voice over advertising Call me My voice isn't always perfect It's allergies But you know Mine is Right now I'm just Full of fatigue Mine is And tonight it to
0: <laughs> It's 305 Live <laughs> On the Smooth Channel We're playing Shaddy all <laughs> night three. long all you motherfuckers out this there, they got so much undeserved pussy. Alex tell Alexander me, Cruz call us in and tell us about all the undeserved live. pussy you got that night because you
2: played that Sade record. We're throwing on Smooth Ooh. Operator to start this party off. They call in. dude. Those lines are hot. <laughs> out of nowhere, I didn't realize, this is the stupidest thing, but I didn't realize Sade was the name of the band, not, not the lady. Until the other day. Her name is Shadé Abu. I'm not so sure. I think your name is like four very particular names. No, I don't know. I saw a very brief thing. I have not been in my ride right mind lately because work has been intense. But uh, we'll talk about that later.
0: I know work has gotten um, intense, man. And, and it's just one of those things that happens. And every now and then, every now and then, you just have to kick back and just think for just a second about how work can be just <laughs> what a that little piece bit easier. Music? Just a little bit easier. Just take it easy. Just relax. You could,
2: I could just read anything. Anything. Over that music. Here, anything. I got. I got. I got a little. Oh no, I can't read that. In my uh, <laughs> forty-plus-year-old eyes can't see that small. Okay,
0: so I'm gonna tell you. I'm gonna <laughs> tell you where I got that song, and I'm not worried about copyright issues because uh, we're we're gonna be talking over it. Um, but I got that I song. You send
2: me a link to that.
0: <laughs> I got that song from the Brady Bunch movie part two. No way. <laughs> yes. Oh, uh, okay. That's uh hilarious. So the Brady Bunch movie, I I love all of those the the first two. Um they're hilarious. My sister and I watched Are it a million times. Two? 1 and 2. Uh Gary Cole played uh <laughs> Dad Brady. He was uh, amazing. Dude, everything amazing. that guy does is great. Everything Gary Cole does is great. And then um but uh Greg wants to turn the uh attic into his swing and pad and Marsha is pissed that he gets it, because they're the same age, so they have to share it. And they've got a curtain in between their beds. <laughs> and they're arguing, and they pull the curtain off, and <laughs> Greg is bitching about, like, can't believe this, and he just looks up, and he sees a silhouette of Marsha and her big titties just flop inside. side. To side. <laughs> and they start playing that song, and then uh, he gets distracted, <laughs> and then she's combing her, she's brushing her hair, she's like, one, two, three, four, four. 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 <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, "Marsha." Yes, Greg. <laughs> it, it it just got gross. Okay, but um, I've always loved that since they're, I was they're, a kid.
2: They're not related. They're not related by blood. No,
0: I know. And then uh, anyway,
2: um, what's disturbing? There's a lot of uh, stuff on Pornhub about that. Uh, I wouldn't know. Uh, is that a Shut is up. that a website Shut of up. some? shut are you what are you talking about <laughs> okay i didn't it's in, it's in the second verse of browser or it's in the second book of browsers thou shalt that... jerk off to
0: stepsister and or milf stepmom
2: <laughs> there you go yeah some yeah. bs like that all right cool this has been uh hilarious i like the i like that piece of music because i feel like you could read virtually anything in a in a very white voice, yeah, Barry. Or Isaac Hayes' voice, and really tell a story, dude. I'll, it's all about inflections, dude. <clears throat> if I was going to start
0: a radio station or a music podcast, I would want it to be something where I could get people to call in and mix yeah. it, mix in. Like this is the love station. <laughs> like just just play love songs and just play snippets of like we got Gary calling in from Chicago. Who is he really? St- really screwed up with this girl and he's got a heartfelt apology. We're gonna play some we're gonna play some Shade over it and we know it's his favorite song and we're hoping she's listening too.
2: <laughs> I gotta say I, I really uh, it sounds like Straight Talk starring Dolly Parton featuring James Woods. Is um,
0: is that the movie where she takes her tits out
2: that is behind the She never the... really takes her tits
0: out. No, 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 no. She only does it like it's at the end of the movie and like they they like the the camera well it's is... a
2: thing where where you're looking down a hall the camera's You're looking the hall, down the hall. You're looking at James Woods. Yes. And you know she's walked in and she's taken her top off and he's and seeing you're... it and she Oh my god. Like, just kind of and she she giggles and like yeah, that's enough. That's all I that's 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 enough. That's what I need. Uh <clears throat> dude, yeah, I know I, I know I'm trying to just... make fun of herself.
0: I agree. But I know I'm trying to be a legit journalist on my own, mm-hmm. but I would totally turn into paparazzo and break into a fucking morgue and take some pictures of some dead-ass Dollywood and Dolly Parton titties.
1: Whoa! Wow!
2: Wow. Necropapo. I don't know what to call that. Necrozzi <laughs> ne- 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 or something? Necrozzi? <laughs> Disturbing. Disturbing. Necrozzi. That's going to be the title of
0: my first album. <laughs> Sick, we, we should sick. we should give that no we should give that to Dan uh, if Dan told that to the rest Dan. of the suicide, yeah
2: <laughs> well that's the point what's up
0: yeah Suicide Puppets we love you guys uh, the the whole Shout gimmick out, of uh, this month the whole gimmick of this month is that we're playing uh, their two new singles uh, I Hate You Back and Send Me an Angel until their record drops on the thirtieth so we're gonna play the the intro like regular and then I'm gonna intro the song play it and then. Uh, we're gonna have the gimmick of uh, Dan giving us the uh, the psycho of the week with some porno music in the background. <laughs> with some porno music in the background.
2: <laughs> and and of course. Did you ever hear that? Uh, this is the last thing I want to say about anything ridiculous like this, but uh, did you did you ever see that porn music album that Jenna Jameson produced or released in the late late nineties? I own it. It's awesome. It's you wonderful. You have to, uh, you've got, I don't remember much about it except that it existed and we used to listen to it while we were doing uh, engineering and statistics homework in college. Um, if you've got a copy of that, I want you to send me a link to it so I can uh, so I can check that no, out. No, I've, I've it got it. It's a lot of fun. I've got it on CD. Um, on CD. Uh, for all y'all millennials, that's called a compact disc.
0: You, when it, When it's time to get down and town and dirty with your lady you uh, pop that some bitch in your compact <laughs> disc player and it's a compact disc you v- up the bass make sure that your neighbors aren't too bothered and you pull out a guitar and you play along to Sade and then panties just come right off oh Sade <laughs> man
2: dude uh I got, I got way too much respect for Sade to just be panty dropping music that's just like we're going to get in the mood, and then when this song is over, then we will do something silly.
0: Dude, uh, speaking mm. of silly, uh, my days are literally, like, if I showed you my calendar, you'd be like, what the fuck are you up to, and when do you sleep? Because on Sundays, I hang out at, <laughs> I hang out at Legion Tattoo with my homeboy, Josh, who helped help get a gig there. And we just talk shit mm-hmm. and have dope-ass conversations with dope people, man. Like, last week, uh, Josh was tattooing uh, one of the... Uh, the established artist there, uh, her brother, she called him and said, "Hey, I need my homeboy needs a my homeboy needs a, a canvas and he's like, Fuck it so it was, it was Josh's second tattoo and he he his line work was wonderful I, I'm talking prodigy like I've seen bad tattoos. I've seen good artists start slowly. This guy's starting out fast, and he's tattooing this guy and I come in, say what's up? sit down." Uh, my far enough away without a mask, and we just started sh- talking shit, and, uh, it turned into, like, legit convo. Well, there was, uh, an Indian gentleman waiting for his brother to get tattooed, and, um, uh, man, I feel ignorant, because he had a turban on, but it was one of those really tight ones, not one of those big ones that, like, you, that the dudes, like, Oh, is like he a from. sheik? Sheik, yes, sheik. And, sheik, uh, sheik. Sikh, And, uh, he... Mm-hmm was listening to us talk, and he interrupted us legitimately, perfectly, like, and he was just part of the crew then, and he was just, the guy was like 24 years old, uh, he was taller than me, he was such a perfect gentleman, and we were just talking shit, talking about Indian food, talking about tattoos, talking about, and, and I told him flat out, I was like, listen man, so you've been in the States for three years? He's like, yeah, um... My family was here. Um, my mom and dad had to go back home to take care of business. But like I was going to school, but I had to take shitty jobs. So I was working at a gas station. I'm like, of course you're working at a fucking gas station. He's like, fuck mm-hmm. you. <laughs> and, and I was like, no, I'm just fucking with you, man. He's like, no, it's cool. Because he, he knew I was fucking with him. And he's like, dude, I've been robbed. I've been beat up. I mean, like, all that shit. But, like, he, he, he finishes Masters, and he's going to be in the FBI. And
1: it what? was one of the best...
0: Yeah, dude, and we're just, like, just people just sitting there getting fucking tatted. And then Josh and I get hungry walk our ass over to fucking McDonald's. This other dude comes in, this tiny little white boy, tiny little white boy, and he is covered in the most satanic cat tattoos I I can fucking imagine. And then fucking Chris, that we interviewed a couple weeks ago, comes in and he's like, hey, just starts quoting Chappelle. They're smoking weed out back, and we're just chilling. And it was just (laughs) dope conversations for dope people and I I, I don't know how I fell into this it was just like I I willed it and we're having it happen but we do have comics to talk about and I apologize
2: Will it to me Riggs? Let's go
0: Alright so we got a couple comic books Shout out to Lethal
2: Weapon We got some comic books, what are we starting with?
0: Alright so we're starting with Daredevil number 22 We're going to do Exos Swords number 1 Immortal She-Hulk number 1, Stillwater number 1 Black Widow number 1, Doctor Doom number what,
2: 13? Um, I'm
0: pulling it up. I'm pulling it seven. up. Seven. Number seven. Number seven. Seven. Number seven. seven and Fantastic Four antithesis number one through two.
2: One and two. Numbers one and two of that. Yeah.
0: <clears throat> one through <laughs> two. Look. One through two. Let's do one some Daredevil. two
2: devil. and one and two. Let's start with some Daredevil. Let's get some fat Daredevil action here. I gotta say... Uh, I gotta say, first
0: off, I hate the cover.
2: Uh, yeah, I also did. I thought it, it wasn't misleading or anything. It just wasn't uh, what it. It's just not. It's. I don't know. It just didn't. It's just not right. It,
0: it's. It's a. It's not a monkey wrench. It's like a, a, a weird like story arc shift that like. Okay, so I get that all the covers or everything that we want that it shows what's possibly about to happen in the comic and that's what I like because I hate misleading covers. But at the same time though, I don't want some I don't want every asshole to have a fucking Iron Man costume, man.
2: Maybe there needs to be a crossover event, a very weak one, where Iron Man has outfitted everybody with Iron Man stuff. And then just like in uh Iron Man Director of Shield from two thousand eight you know, you got Lady Ultron showing up or whatever, or the Skrull invasion, and they infect all of the Stark tech, and everybody's doomed, and it should just be a what if. What if Iron Man gave everybody an Iron Man outfit, and everybody got killed because of it?
0: I just don't want Daredevil to have an Iron Man suit, man. I mean, we we see the horns on it. Uh, you didn't get to read uh, Iron Man number one that came out a couple weeks ago, but uh, Tony Stark like gave away all his earthly possessions. He's wearing like, like a a mark twenty ago version of uh, the suit, and he's living in a shitty apartment in in New York, and I, I like it. Uh, he's drinking again, just a little bit. Really, just a little bit. And I do I do love the fact that Chad McBoseman's loss is not on deaf ears from Marvel because that was I mean we talked about it before, Dude, but. Yeah. It, it, it's such it's a heavy true. hit man it's such a heavy hit man because it was it's, like it's the banner on every
2: book right now
0: and, and and it's deserved and uh todd mcfarlane is releasing uh the latest issue of spawn uh with bozeman as spawn doing wakanda forever and I, I i uh i gotta say it's todd so definitely a cash grab but at the same time i know his heart's in the right place so I don't think it's a cash grab in the wrong place. But you know Todd never misses a chance. To, yeah. Yeah. Never misses a chance. But at the same time though, uh, it's one of the first full on McFarlane covers where it's just his artwork colored by someone else in a very long time. And it looks perfect. Mm. Um, I I love it. It just it just sucks, man, because Man, I'm just thinking about like 8 million million things I've heard in different podcasts today. Like how people that witnessed witness MLK's death, people that witnessed uh, JFK's death, died mysterious deaths, <laughs> and uh, it you know it happened too young, and he was really a spokesperson for the black community. I mean he 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 did 42 man or 49? Am I fucking up on the number? Playing Jackie Robinson. <laughs>
2: I'm going to look it up, because I did not get to watch that movie, but my mom really likes it.
0: Dude, that movie was really good. It was really upsetting, because you see like some of your favorite actors, like um, the guy that played Elliot Stabler from uh, Law and Order SVU, or uh, the guy from Firefly, saying the N-word like, nasty.
2: What do you mean? Are you talking about uh, uh, the bishop? Who are you talking about on Firefly?
0: The redhead. The one from... uh, Alan uh, Tudyk? Alan Tudyk and... What is Stabler's name? Anyway, um, it's, it's just such a big blow, but even then, the legacy continues, and I hope that people take what he left behind and make something better.
2: Wow. Dude, I wanted to know what you were talking about, and I immediately... This is weird. I just... Wrote Alan. Are you saying that Alan Tudyk used the N word somewhere? Hardcore. Okay, because I just typed Alan Tudyk and the N word, and as I was spelling it out, it wouldn't give me anything else to work with, and I was like, I gotta spell this out on Google. Like, is that gonna get me in trouble? And it won't click. It won't. It won't let me search it. Oh, that's crazy. Because I just I wanted to see if there was a report or something like that. Obviously, minefielders, uh, we talk about a lot of stuff that we we're very off the cuff. That's kind of the point of our show. And like I you know I don't know what we're all what we're necessarily going to bring up. And sometimes it's like let's just double check that or let's see what that's all about. Which by the way, right. uh, it was forty two was the movie you we were trying to get. And we we try to cover each other so we can that's make that sure right. that we're not. Yeah, yeah. We're not, try, we're not accidentally uh, misleading anybody, and uh, that's, that's odd. Like, I'm, I'm under the impression right now that Google will not let you do anything with that word, and uh, I'm not going to explore it any further because I know well, they're data-tracing all of us.
0: Listen, man, I'm not, all, I'm not anyway in support of that word, but the fact that it won't let you search is bullshit. That's censorship.
2: That is actually a violation of the First Amendment. Uh, but that, that's whatever.
0: That's bullshit. Like I'm not all for. I, I am in no way in support of white supremacists, but they should have the right to search for their white supremacist websites. Uh, it it's it's just turns what out
2: we, that's the American way, guys.
0: Well, it is now. The uh, like if you're not some fucking bleeding heart liberal, uh, like God, I see all these posts where they talk about like, oh, uh you're kneeling you're kneeling during this and they died for your right to do that. And then they see the, a, a picture of them alive and like, uh, no, we didn't want to support these pussies. No, that was the whole point is the right to be... You have the right as an American to be as good as a person as you want to be, but you also have the right to be the biggest piece of shit if you want to be. And that's I'm totally not supporting true. being the... I think
2: that's, yeah,
0: the, I'm not, that's the... Not supporting being the We live in shit We live in a world
2: right now where we're not allowed to say that because in so saying it we are apparently supporting anyone's rights to be a total piece of shit and it's just that's ah just kicked my ipad off the floor sorry before
0: before we get more into daredevil the one thing that really pisses me off is the cancel culture's ability to pick and choose what they want to cancel and yeah for real and and to, to put it in the most extreme version how much these assholes love Disney movies. Uh, I wonder how these assholes would feel that would want to cancel someone that said anything the least bit wrong in the least bit way that they're sorry for and trying to make amends for um, would feel if they saw any of the uh, Nazi cartoons that Walt Disney made in the fucking 40s. Did he
2: make pro-Nazi cartoons or did he make cartoons for the Nazis?
0: No, he made pro-Nazi in German Disney cartoons Donald Duck's head showing up, right? Like when you know, like Warner Brothers. When you're watching Looney Tunes, Donald's head showed up or Mickey's head showed up, but it was a Donald one. It's still on YouTube, where it's in German, and what? he wakes up. He wakes up late uh, for uh, SS training. It is a full-on pro-Nazi thing, and even The Simpsons recognized how Disney was pro-Nazi. Uh, they were talking about how when The Simpsons went to It's in Scratchy Land they uh the barton lisa went to the uh like the history you know when you go to the part of disneyland where like you see the president's talking and shit and uh uh roger roger he <laughs> how did they say it he was like everything he did was uh loved and revered until his controversial movie nazi supermen are our superiors Raise <laughs> eyebrows and uh like yeah, the, like <laughs> Walt Disney was a, a, a very notable anti-Semite. It's it's yeah. on, it, yeah. it, guys. It's on there. Type in Donald Duck Nazi and you'll find it on YouTube. It's a legit Disney cartoon. It's been on there for a mm. very long time. I remember finding it like like maybe like in two thousand two. Well, no, not two. Uh, right when YouTube first showed up. So like four.
2: Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: All right, well, let's get back to it's Daredevil. It's strange
2: to think of a world where YouTube wasn't a big deal. But anyway, all right. Yeah, the, the, uh, the, 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 uh, this Daredevil number 22. I'm going to read the, read the uh, credits. Please. Uh, we got Chip Zdarsky still writing, being awesome, doing some of the best work I've ever seen on Daredevil. No lie, uh, Chip Zdarsky writing a, le- like an, a legendary def- definitive run uh, of Daredevil. Francesco Mobili, the penciler, very good job in this. Very crisp, very clean, uh, giving his colorists and inker a lot to work with. Speaking of which, uh, Victor Olazaba is the inker and uh, Mattia Iacono is the uh, colorist. Very nice. Um, I, I, want cowls, I want to start They're it crazy. off. the uh, yep. I want to start off. Go crazy.
0: Knowing what you the know one. about the Superhuman Registration Act and how we're lightly glancing past that to protecting Matt Murdock as Daredevil. How do you feel?
2: Good point. Uh, I feel like that it's okay for them to play this story in this year, in this time period of this very cohesive plot, wagering it against everything else that's going on in, in the Marvel Universe because... This to me reeks, and not in a bad way, of being a post Secret Wars, post Battle World storyline. A spider mans secret identity is is still a secret identity. Uh, a uh, the Avengers are the Avengers. You know, it's it's it is is this is a whole new world where these things can persist and exist uh, without the Superhuman Registration Act. And because um, Civil War, Civil War II happened, but Civil War didn't necessarily happen. And that's, a, that's an oddity. Uh, it's jurisprudence. It's the legality of it. The, it's the legal system. It's the idea that um, Daredevil as a persona is on trial or will be on trial rather than whomever his secret identity happens to be. And I think that, and I wonder because, you know, he turned himself in, he submitted himself to the legal system rather than, uh, rather than run away as he very well could have. And it would have made his life. You just think about that other world where it's like, okay, well, what if this happened to Spider-Man? What if Spider-Man was just sitting in a park bench and a cop came up and said, you're under arrest because you're a vigilante He's like, is he going to do that, or is this, or is a cop going to do that, or is a cop not going to do that? It's a city teeming with cops, and so I think, I mean, does that all answer your question? Well, like yet, Daredevil it, turned yes, himself in as a persona. Yes, but it's not still, as Matt Murdock. It
0: still leads into the question of why that would be so important. Like, what is he trying to accomplish? I get that, like, they, one of the major plots, not plots, one of the major. Uh, story premises is the unbelievable guilt that murdoch is going through and now he's putting himself through the gauntlet of public scrutiny and he's had to expose himself to the da who promptly punches him in the face
2: (laughs) right and now that's the previous issue for those who didn't get to read it
0: right but at the same time though uh, he gets uh, released on his uh, own recognizance and immediately
2: yeah. goes and starts
0: fighting crime.
2: <laughs> the exact... And I wondered about that. But at the same time, it's like he's released on his own recognizance and he's going to go and be consistently Daredevil. What does Daredevil do? He goes out there, he fights the bad guys. He probably not, he probably cracks some uh, jaws, he probably cracks some teeth, he probably breaks some bones, puts some dudes in the hospital. He puts the fear of the devil into those people. And I I thought about it and I was like, what a ridiculous thing to go do. But he's playing chess, not checkers. He's playing the long game. If he goes out and he does what he's doing consistently, 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 then everyone looks at him and they're like, okay, this is what we can expect out of this guy. Whoever he happens to be. Like, we don't know. Like we don't live in a world where people believe that Matt Murdock is Daredevil because that all got wiped away, right? With a gigantic universe shift, right? Well, so let's say he loses his
0: legal battle. Is he going to be in prison twenty four seven as Daredevil?
2: I mean, like I don't see that. Yeah, and simultaneously, even that you you go back to uh, the uh, Bendis Malieve run where Daredevil was where his uh, identity was compromised because of an FBI agent. And I'm telling you, guys, go back and read that run. It is what got me into Daredevil. It's what made me take this character seriously. Um, It's why we have a Daredevil TV series. It's part of creating a realistic enough universe that we could decide, you know, yeah, we we don't have this guy in the MCU necessarily, but... We should uh, look at this degree of credibility as a touchstone for how we want to do, you know, making Captain America or Thor into a reality. So the point I'm making is that it's, it's all, like, it's all so good that it completely makes you believe it, that it's probable. If Agreed. Completely pausib- plausible. So what is he going to do if he gets, gets put away? Uh, I, I, I digress back to Bruce Wayne, uh, the Batman series, Bruce Wayne, fugitive Bruce May- Wayne murderer. Uh, there's no world where I think Matt Burdock, Murdock, would just be like, I'm going to run away and I'm going to, uh, uh, not do this. Because even in one of the issues from the Bendis Believer, and I can't remember, I remember what the issue number was, he's thinking about, like, okay, i got to turn myself in. They're, 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 they're right here. They're pointing guns at me. i got to turn myself in. And he imagines himself running away, fighting a bunch of guys, getting out of the U.S., making it to Japan, hanging out with Elektra, fighting ninjas, running the hand, having an awesome, sexy affair with his one true love— and then he all and you're like, wow, wow, wow! This is what happens. And then like on the next page, you're right back there, and you're like, oh my god, that's not what happened in this issue. That was a Bendis Maliev issue. In this issue, we we beg the question: What does he do if he does lose his legal battle? And I think that's what he's doing by going out there and fighting street level dick bots, like beat those guys down and show that you're going to go out and do what you were supposed to do, what you've always been doing, and you're going to do it as cleanly as you can. You're going to pull your punches. That you're not, you're not fighting Gladiator. You're not fighting Thor. You're not fighting Count Nefaria. You're fighting street-level jerkwads, and their bones break, so, and their arteries get cut. You've got to be careful with these people. you know. But if he p- submits himself to the process, he made a mistake when he was at his weakest and a guy died if he submits himself to the process and he succeeds then no one can touch him on that issue or anybody else you know what i'm saying nobody can touch him. An- spider-man what do we have a couple of issues ago spider-man showing up and saying yeah done. but the, you don't that, to be Daredevil
0: anymore. that's what pissed me off was that spidey didn't show up to stop him iron man came to help him out because Spidey's supposed to be watching him all the time.
2: It's just one of those things that, like... Spidey can't watch him all the time. He's
0: got get, his own problems. Even then, though, uh, they made a big deal out of it, so the fact he didn't show up and figure out some way to resolve the issue and how he
2: can you walk away a, from it. Do you think it's a failure on the part of the story?
0: No, I think this is one of those issues where this is the issue that's, gonna set, that's setting the tone for the next six. And I mean, because we see uh, Fisk with Typhoid Mary, she walks away. Uh, Fisk is feeling at his best now; he's not scared of those rich assholes no more. Um, I, I'm, I'm looking forward to his uh, winning this legal battle to absolve uh, all the other superheroes that are operating um, vigilante. There's you guys still got to realize you guys are vigilantes; they're they're hurting people.
2: What are you doing? Yeah, totally. What am I doing?
0: Yeah, you're waving your hand.
2: It's all right. Everything's cool. I'm, uh, because, uh, yeah, but I mean, like, yes, they are vigilantes. They hurt people. They don't have a badge. They're not, you know, but, like, the whole question, in, in even bringing that up right now, what you have to calculate into this thing is the idea that we're living in a world where people are, Hollering to defund the police. And the police are not trained well enough. Generally, let's say how many, how many. I don't, I don't want to throw actual statistics around because I don't know them. I'm sure we have some people out there who really know these statistics. But a giant sum of law enforcement personnel are not trained in crisis prevention management or uh, mental Jiu-jitsu. health. Jiu jitsu.
0: Or, or, or de-escalating you know? a situation rather than escalating Precisely. it. Precisely.
2: So yeah. They're not trained yeah. psychologists. They're not trained psychiatrists. They're not trained sociologists. They're not therapists. They're not medics. They're not EMTs. There are so Correct. many additional people that need to be called to every situation. When you call up in, their, in 911, they're like, police, fire, ambulance. Well, maybe we need crisis prevention or crisis counselors. Maybe we need suicide prevention. No, dude, I'm not saying that we defund the police. No, no. I'm we saying need to, that we, we... need to fund them to give we, them the, the uh, correct training. They, they, they need yeah, Jiu-Jitsu these, training. These are the lowest... I'm not... And not everybody, clearly. The lowest common denominator are accepted into these police academies only to learn takedowns and weapons training and using a, a taser or very little training
0: of any of that in the first place but yeah. the second
2: the, the the one thing that very
0: really basic the one thing that drives me nuts is uh, like my dad used to love watching live pd which they canceled because of, right which is bullshit but at the same time though no, we've talked about it before i don't like watching cops or live pd because i like watching people getting humiliated and i find that a lot of it is them humiliating people and, but at the same time though, like you know, I'm watching my dad talk about things. he's like, "You know, yeah, fuck this guy, and I'm like, well, uh, the other <laughs> thing dad is, has his moments, yeah, wise but, but guy. the other thing is is that uh uh these guys are behaving because they're on camera. these guys aren't counseling these guys really these guys would be shoving these completely that's a great point, yeah, yeah, like they they know they got a camera on them, but let let let's
2: the the thing that I gotta say about Daredevil, this was a uh this, was, this, 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 this book dared to ask a lot of major questions about vigilantism, jurisprudence, uh, favoritism. Right. What are you going to get away with because you've got this guy as your judge or this guy as your prosecutor or this guy is your defense or this guy is your DA. Any number of things. And, like, also elitism, dude. Like, privilege... Daredevil being a hero of the people, he literally said street level. Yeah, He's a street level hero. But he's also elitist. He's also
0: elitist to the point where he doesn't have to worry about his legal counsel. We we got two monkey wrenches at the end of this. His ex-girlfriend walks in to help him for his defense, and he's probably Mm -hmm. getting a Daredevil Iron Man costume. Or or suit. Or mecha suit. Whatever you fucking call it. Um, I say no to the Iron Man suit, um, but... I like the monkey wrench for having the privilege, but at the same time, you're going to have to work with your girlfriend. She's still pissed at you, but she's still going to do her best.
2: Well, I mean, that's the thing, is that there are a lot of there are a lot of women that I've been involved with that just because we aren't involved any longer, I wouldn't do my... It doesn't mean that I wouldn't do Agree. my best for them Agree. Like if, I, if I was able to help them, you know? Agreed. everything from changing attire to you know helping them get into their house or downloading a nice song for them because they don't understand their computer i don't know there's any each but like this is a that, this is obviously a bigger deal cool but uh, yeah this is i this was a, a an interesting issue that touched on a lot of fascinating points this is why this book is a cut above most comic books out there this is
0: one of the ones I look forward to the most because, but it's also the one I have the most dread towards because right now we're in in we don't know if we're at the tail end we don't know if we're in the middle, uh but we definitely know that we're in the in the grasp of a absolutely definitive run of Daredevil. This is going to be studied in twenty years. People are going to be talking about. This Chips of Darcy's run on on Daredevil the way we were talking about uh, um,
2: Frank Miller and Klaus Johnson. (laughs) Yeah, dude. I mean, here you are, folks. If you're not reading this, as we have said for more than a year, you are making a mistake. And you don't have to be a Daredevil fan to really appreciate how important this book is because it challenges the concept of the entire genre of capes. And superheroes and ninjas and all of this stuff, you know, in a world with all of these other superheroes, Daredevil rarely needs a friend, but he's got them, and sometimes they show up and they're like, "God, uh, you need to go to square one," you know. Yeah, this stuff happens. It's just it's a phenomenal book. and I like I like your your concern for where we are in the in the midst of the run. And if we had Chip Zadarsky in front of us, I'd say I'd have so many glowing remarks for for him. And uh, I would ask and I would wonder, what have you got in store for us? Man,
0: I think I'd piss you off if you and I were around. Because I would have a million questions that were questioning his intentions like I would have like <laughs> all of my questions would be like who are you and why are you doing this and you need to prove yourself to me
2: immediately like I, I would dude how does he still have to prove you, prove himself to you We've been reading this run for more than a year I'm too involved it, with, is, I'm it, t- it,
0: it I, is amazing I'm too in, and I agree I'm too involved with it It would be like meeting it would be like meeting a deity not that I'm saying I'm putting this guy in the, on the scope of a deity but if I met a deity, that I, in some way, uh, had some relevance towards if I got to meet this... Reverence? Some reverence? Yeah, or some, like, major impact in my A life. A are crystal worshipper, perhaps? Like, I, like I, I I, would be like, you need to, like... I get what you're writing, and I dig it, but I need you to do some magic in front of me. to, To, <laughs> to, to have me, like fully in because I, I'm, I'm, I'm so full in that I I don't like how full in I am I don't like how involved I am I don't like how it's unnerving isn't it it, it really is I would want some sort of sense of uh, of um, not accomplishment but also well, maybe a little bit of accomplishment that I was following it so well as a, a loyal reader but prove to me that you who you, you are who I think you are that's what I'm saying I gotcha. But uh, got I
2: gotta, I gotta go to the bathroom, dude, and butt twist my pants. <laughs> At fifty-one minutes and almost fifty-two minutes to go for we've it.
0: We've been talking for two hours already,
2: man. That's true. All right, hold on. Right, I'll see you in a second. Did you get that, mess- that text message from me? Yeah, yeah. I was scrolling. That's why I was messing with my computer. You, you were like, why are you doing that with your hand? <laughs> I was scrolling, So, <laughs> so this guy
0: killed out eight, out million <laughs> eight million
2: bitches. <laughs> All right, here we go. We're going to sound sync, clap. Here it at uh, 55 minutes and 15 seconds. Are you ready? I am ready. I'm gonna start that countdown at five, starting now. Five, four, three, two, one.
0: Ooh, knuckles
2: cracked. All right, we're back. Knuckles cracking.
0: I was about to pee my pants. Sorry, Mike Fielders. Just one of those things that happens when you're late night recording. Mm-hmm. All right, speaking of Chip Zdarsky. Uh,
2: what of it? He wrote Stillwater. Oh, no doubt. All right, yeah, I looked I saw that that came out, but I have not read it. I did not pick up a copy of it. I'm not in a good position to be checking out my main stores. What do you think about that book? All right, so Stillwater number one, image comic books. Chip Zdarsky, creator,
0: writer, Ramon K. Perez, creator, artist, and cover. Mike Spicer, colorist, Russ Wooten, Wooten, letterer. John Moisan, editor. Andres Juarez, logo, series, design. And Karina Taylor, production. I don't know what the fuck that means, but whatever. Uh, I was a little nervous that this was actually based in Stillwater, Oklahoma, because... Obviously, Norman, <laughs> Oklahoma, and our Sooners are vastly superior. Um, Gross. We're talking about this guy. I mean, it's one of those things where I'm a little anxious at it because we're talking about a guy who's working at a magazine, and he gets pulled in to talk to his editor, and she's like, did you push this guy? And, yeah, he's pissing me off. And she's like, well, we have a no-tolerance for that. So he gets his ass fired right away. He's one of those guys who just can't hold the job. He's always getting fucking fired. And he gets a uh, he gets in a bar fight, puking, and he wakes up head pounding and knocking the door. Of some wily little white guy in a bowler hat and says, "Hey, guess what? You don't know who I am, but here's a letter I'm delivering you because your great aunt Hortense died, and now you gotta go stay a night in her haunted house and uh, get the inheritance. Uh, not exactly that, but he's gotta go to some place called Stillwater." uh for a family member that died and he's okay takes his friend with him they get pulled over the guy said you're going to still water the gas station about 10 miles beforehand was like yeah we're headed to still water what's that place like what what's still water no idea what the place is like okay so we got a little bit of mystery there, spiced in there and uh the cop pulls them over and are oh, you gonna still water okay you guys gonna behave yourselves okay okay behave yourself And they get there, go to a diner, they're not really happy with how the people are, everyone's a little standoffish, and they see some kids playing on a rooftop, and one of the other kids kicks the other guy off the roof, and the guy falls and dies, and they can't find a, they can't find a doctor, so he runs immediately to the, whatever physician, vet, I don't know, and, hey, relax, man, like, just, like, you know what you're doing, you gotta calm down, and, this kid's dead. You gotta help him. And the kid gets up off the the stretcher and runs his ass away. And it turns out that this place is a small town protected by a very thin border that those within it cannot
2: die. Oh, weird. Okay.
0: Apparently, it's against the law to die in still water. And they take him past the border. Uh, they execute his friend by the sheriff. And he's about to die when his great-aunt Hortense, or whatever the hell her name was, comes and says, oh, honey, it's you, and drags him back in within the borders. And I don't know, man. I, I, I think it's... Uh... I liked it when I read it, but now when I'm recapping it, I'm thinking, like, I don't care. <laughs>
2: like, like it, it... I get it. Sometimes the... Sometimes these the... The premise is entertaining, but when you try to explain it, it's not so intelligent as you would like it to be. That doesn't mean that it's not good. Oh, I didn't it say I didn't means say it was good. It sounds way more simplistic when uh, iterated.
0: Well, when the di- the dialogue was phen- phenomenal. I mean, like uh, the 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 most dynamic character by far was the sheriff of the town, and the fact that. You have to take someone past the borders and, you know, just drop off a cliff by their neck. And that's exactly what's about to happen. He watched his poor friend die and luckily his aunt, who should have been dead. So we don't know why he's there. The woman that should be dead is happy he's home. Uh, We've got a vague idea of his family life. Doesn't like his parents, but at the same time, who the hell is this lady? And I don't know, man. I'm going to stick with it. Because it's Image, and uh, very rarely does Image ever let me down.
2: Yeah, give it a few issues,
0: see what happens. Yeah. But it's Chip Zdorsky, so he's got he's got at least... It's like, uh, you ever watch Basketball? Totally. It's like, what, if you guys keep totally messing bad. with me like 14, 15 more times. Uh, I'm going to be out of here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, it was good, but I'm going to move on from that, man. That's, that's the best I got for that. The artwork was great. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'd say it was a good solid six. Ah,
2: uh, okay, okay. That's best I got, man. What do you got next? Do Doctor Doom. Uh, do Doctor Doom. All right. A lot, whole lot of FF related content this week. So, uh, ra- Doctor Doom.
0: going me read the credits since you're gonna talk. Okay.
2: Oath of Fealty. Doctor
0: Doom number seven. By the number way. Number seven. Writer Christopher Cantwell, artist Salvador Larroca, color artist Gru FX, letterer VCs Corey Pettit, cover Salvador Larroca and Gru FX variant cover. God, don't get me started. Variant covers.
2: Anyway, if you're into that kind of thing, gotta hate it. Okay, the thing about Dr. Doom that drives me crazy is that I, there is a world-ending catastrophe going on in this book for seven issues, and I don't give a shit. <laughs> I don't care. I forgot I, that the world-ending
0: thing was happening.
2: Yeah, they keep tying that in, and I'm like, uh, none of that matters. Dr. Doom is not in full control of his country. Like, that's what's exciting to me. That's the important part of it. Um, he is at the beginning of this uh, he shows up all of the people who actually are appropriately his subjects in Latveria are trying to form a really weak resistance on these frozen planes and uh, it names them off in that classic Marvel fashion like Here's this guy. What he does, and it like links you through to who they all are in one big splash page across two pages. The kind of thing you would have to have with the X Men way back in the '90s. Uh, and I really love what Kristoff looks like now because Kristoff has really grown up. He looks like uh, a badass man. He totally does. Um, he looks like God. He looks like a GI Joe character. But then Doom rides in on a, on a freaking bear. bear. <laughs> on a bear. Uh, and it, I love the reactions of everyone. I love how almost photorealistic the illustrations are and the coloring really goes a long way to make these people look for, look appropriate, look for real. Um yeah, the, the production design is really something. Uh, and then I, I start looking at this... The Blue Marvel. I'm like, who the hell is this guy? Some random fourth-tier Avenger? I have I really don't know who this guy is. I don't know what his power set is. I don't know what his capabilities are. I just don't care. And he's going to go and shut down this uh, black hole that everyone blames Doctor Doom on. Uh Doom is still trying to maintain his power base in Latveria. uh, Probably because he has some phenomenal way of closing this black hole that he got blamed for. But um, he starts out by donning a ceremonial mask, which is really uncomfortable to look at. Is it it reminiscent of Death's Head, do you? Probably. I mean, it's skull-like with... Additional horns, and uh, I just don't see the point in that. Except it's interesting that we've never seen anything like it in any other doom-related story before. Um, and these characters, these revolutionary or the revolutionaries, these characters, these um, uh, this rebel squad Devotees have to come to in Doom. one by one and pay, uh, like, prove their fealty and uh one one character in particular there's a bit of humor in this book and that one character does not make it the rest of them all essentially make it but doom shows his persona of absolutism by making even a crippled wheelchair-bound guy bow properly let me read it uh, let me
0: read it hold on yeah you forgot to kneel victor I'm dying. I cannot kneel. And then four panels of kneeling and, and quivering. Yeah. It, it, you see the lines. He's quivering. He's hurting. I accept your oath of fealty. But Precisely. I, I like the fact that
2: there wasn't one right answer. Uh, yes, that's a good point. I did not count that into part, uh, what, I, what I thought was clever or interesting about this. And Everybody has their own oath, I guess. He's got his own Wong.
0: But at the same time, though, we've got this foil of feed him to the bear. Like, for some yeah. reason, this bear all of a sudden is his pet. And we see this bear just
2: chawing down on some feet. <laughs> well, that's the thing about loyalty is that you could have somebody who you've been loyal to or who's been loyal to you forever. And, uh,. Then you could have somebody who comes to you when you're in, a, in, a, in an incredible time of need, and all they've got to do is change your tire so that you can make a trip, or uh, they've got to just have an internet connection so you can upload your time card for that week or something like that. You know, I mean, even Darth Vader shows a degree of loyalty or understands loyalty. When it comes from particular characters in all of the Star Wars stories, uh, loyalty is not always this like, it's not absolute, it's an appreciation, you know? Yeah. Man, I really love that you said that that way. Everybody has their own way that they showed loyalty to uh, Doom and uh, it really works. The one thing I like
0: about the bear is, is I've seen and read stories about people that have raised bears from cubs and they're best friends and they're, but the bear gets triggered somehow. I, I would love to see this bear have some sort of absolute doom's about to throw some like death hammer down, and the bear has a problem with it. Uh, I, it just seems like logical and something that would build up as something because you like man i love cuddly creatures man it's not one of those like little like poof things about me but even then like i would love to see something more about this goddamn bear i love this bear
2: (laughs) hopefully this bear comes in at a moment's notice and like saves the day at some point but not like a dog but not like a dog Not, and hopefully it's not a predictable moment, you know, because automatically we've all seen something where some dumb animal or some, you know, a 50-cent animal as opposed to a nickel animal comes in and saves the day, or Dobby, or, you know. This, this bear should not be R2-D2. This bear should definitely reappear yep. at a moment when... Everybody thinks they've got Doom and Doom is like, oh, please, you think you've got me? I've got 43 things aimed at you right now, but I'm going to let the bear get you, you know, like that's the 44th thing and I'm going to let it get you and then I'm going to deploy the other 43 things on everybody else. You know, I mean, that's. I hope that's the direction that, that goes. Well, We're talking a lot about a bear.
0: <laughs> well, we've, we've got some other wild cards here. He's, he eliminated a few wild cards because uh, the general obviously had betrayed him. And he gets fed to the bear. But we also have the fact that he gives Zora, uh, a.k.a. Champion, mm-hmm. the ultimate nullifier. But he also gives her instructions on how to use it. And that's the thing that confuses me. Like, I feel like he's such a good leader that he understands that he needs someone to keep him in check. Yeah. And I think that's why he gave that to her. Because he knows that she's ultimately devoted to
2: Laveria. <clears throat> well, there's that, but at the same time, it begs the question, where the hell does Doom get, a null to get the null ultimate nullifier unless Richards gave it to him? Well,
0: that happened in the last issue that was like,
2: Four months ago. That's the thing. It's been so long it, it's, since it's an been, issue of this. I don't know where this came from, why he's got it, etc. I remember him getting it after that
0: battle where Spidey was helping out and um, but even then he still got it
2: and managed to get out of the States in one piece. And I think that's the thing that I most appreciate about some of these books is that sometimes it just doesn't matter that you've been reading them all look at an individual issue for its specific individual merits. And that's the thing is that, right, that's the value of writing is that, yeah, you may have a, you may have an episodic format to work with, but every single issue, every single episode needs to be about something. What is this episode about, you know? It's not just putting characters through the paces. Agree, but but there's it's not just. It's not just what. I'm sorry to interrupt you. I got excited. No, no, I, I lost it. Go ahead. Well,
0: even then, like we've got a couple wildcards here. So we've got the new mm-hmm. head of Latvaria that is forced to disfigure himself and immediately murdered <laughs> by Doom. But yeah, the kid, the guy's child, children have already defaced themselves already
2: because they got it
0: and doom freaks the fuck out doom, and then we've got yeah. we've got dude that is uh trying to stop this uh black hole that's about to open up that's been rendered almost complete interoperable and beyond control and out of nowhere auto octavius shows up <laughs> like,
2: I love yeah it. i know i yeah. love
0: it I, I love it because from another
2: reality of some sort uh, was that what that was from I was thinking, well, I mean, I was if thinking you reread it's... his dialogue, he says, I am Dr. Otto Octavius. I'm here to seal the wormhole. I mean no harm. I'm on a mission at the behest of World Minister Doom. Well, I didn't, I didn't get the impression I mean, he was from
0: a different dimension.
2: I think he could only be from another dimension where uh, Octavius is um, a thrall or subject to Doom. Maybe... Uh, because... The, anytime I see a black hole, I think that the portents for it to be a portal to another reality is something we have to hope for rather than fear because well, of its you know total collapse capability. I'm
0: filled with fear in the first place because I think the reason why uh, the Sinners are Six and any of the major groups of villains never succeeded is because they were... Uh, devoid of central leadership that was in any way uh, legitimate that we could wrangle them. Because anytime you see these guys get together, they're, they're always bickering. And, and mm-hmm. But if Doom was in control of the Senator Six, um, I, I, the only one I can think of that even comes close is Magneto leading any faction of evil superheroes uh, at all. Yeah, uh, Even if you bring it to a base level back in the 60s when. Head of the uh god, I'm spacing right now, man. The uh god, how am I like the, the first original faction of evil mutants? Come on, man, why am I, why am I spacing? Because the brotherhood of evil mutants, brotherhood, of, I mean, like, like yeah,
2: but even then, it like it was Magneto, was Scarlet Witch, it was Quicksilver, Toad, uh, Mastermind, Mastermind, and maybe Unus the Untouchable.
0: I remember him in the 70s. <clears throat> But, uh, so we've got other things to deal with, but I guess it was a lot of fun. I, I, I just, I, I think it was a masterful issue. I think that if you're in control of a comic book that is based on someone that is largely thought of as a villain, but still has to go to take care of their, let Barry
2: man. He's, he, he's got people he loves. It, it, it's that it's exactly that because that's the appreciation we have for it going back as far as uh, new Avengers Illuminati when you know um, Submariner is asking Black Bolt you know, and uh, he's like you know yeah we've, I've got a big problem with, uh, with uh, the Black Panther but you and I Black Bolt both know that we're kings our people need us and respect us and we have to look out for them we owe them everything because they give us everything and uh that's the reason why I can detonate this weapon and blow up that other planet because it will protect my kingdom, let alone the world. The, our kingdoms have to be bigger than our, and more important to us than our worlds do. And uh, that's huge. And that's part of the thing. Like Doom has always been the absolute benchmark of that concept. Uh, and I think that's one of the fun things about Pairing them up when you go back and look at uh, the Super Super Villains Unite title, yeah. Uh, I would definitely say, if you're in a, in the position to do so and you see a copy of that trade paperback or that collection, fork it over, guys. Uh, I don't even think that the writers in that time understood the idea behind that. But if you can get New Avengers Illuminati. Uh, and all of the stuff that led up to Battleworld or uh, Secret Wars recently, that stuff really sells itself. And then looking looking ahead here, when we see the cover of the next issue, Doctor Doom number 8, and there are all of these, what I can only suggest are Doom bots uh, paired with some sort of Iron Man tech. I, I think that the best thing in the world would be watching... Doctor Doom fight another Doctor Doom for supremacy. Where would it, how big would it get and where would they stop and why? You know?
0: Doom is a world-ending villain and it would definitely be multiversal.
2: Yeah, I would love to see some crazy-ass story like Jet Li's The One, where Doctor Doom goes off on a thing to destroy every other Doom. In reality, in an effort to absorb their powers, or it didn't even have to be that convoluted and that like. No, I would
0: wa- I would want that because one of the things I didn't like about uh, Secret War was the fact that not Secret War, um, was it Secret War, not Secret Wars? God, why am I spacing on titles? What I mean, happened? What happened? Well, I'll tell you what it remember was. Remember, it just starts out with Doom absconding with Beyonder's powers. It just like three pages of that, and then all of a sudden we have to deal with that for like five months. And we don't get to see, like, actual battle getting beyond her powers. I would love to see something exactly like you said, Jet Li's the one.
2: You're talking about the original Secret Wars.
0: No, I'm talking about the the, the latest one where he's God and... Mm.
2: See, those Secret Wars, that's the yeah, War. God Emperor, Doom. Yeah. Uh,
0: but mm. I, I briefly want to touch on uh, the Immortal She-Hulk number one. And I were talking about No doubt. Wow. Talking about a lot of number ones lately, but um, I'm really, really proud of this because it is not written by some D-listers. Al Ewing, who's writing all of the Immortal Hulk right now, is writing Immortal She-Hulk. John Davis, uh, John Davis Hunt, artist. Marcio Minez, color artist, cover color artist. BC's Corey Pettit. Uh, She-Hulk recently died briefly in a couple issues of the latest, uh, in Empire, and now she's back, and she's died three times notably, uh, from 90s, uh, three years ago, uh, was it three years ago with, uh, when Thanos took over again, and, uh, Warhammer, um, not Warhammer, goddammit, um,
2: <laughs> I, I can't remember any names right now, man, um. I understand. It sounds about right.
0: Yeah, she dies during that battle, she comes back, and then she dies during uh, Empire, and now she's back. And she's. Uh, they're integrating the story, uh, the pivotal story of Immortal Hulk is the green door, is that there is a base level lower than hell uh, that if you're gamma powered, you can always come back. And this is integrated within the story of what's going on in Immortal Hulk right now is that uh, the leader is currently right now he's exposed himself. He's he's out now. But at the same time he has had trouble walking through the green door that the Gamma Power will let you come back which has brought everyone that's Gamma powered back. And now Jennifer Walters is back and she's having nightmares about it. And She keeps seeing all the times that she's died and gone back to and gone through the green door. And now she's dealing with the leader and she knows what he's up to. I love the fact that they're not dismissing the She-Hulk in this. She's not some lawyer chick making on her own. uh, No, none of that, man. She's just... <clears throat> dealing with the fact that she's dealt a shitty, shitty hand of cards, and now she's fully integrated with what's going on with Hulk. And if you're reading Hulk, pick up She-Hulk. If you are a collector, missing this number one is going to be a mistake. Uh, God, I, really, <laughs> I don't want to get into that. That whole number one variant shit because it just drives me nuts. But have some fun. And it's going to break down what's going on with the green door, gamma-powered, coming back to life, leader being part of everything, And but he's changed the door color, and now we're getting red. So uh, Thaddeus Thunderbolt is back. Um, we don't know how that's going to play out, but
2: we he's do the red Red Hulk, is he? Yeah, he, he was the original Red Hulk. Yeah, but no, he's not the Red Hulk anymore. Not anymore.
0: Not anymore. But even then, okay. uh, I would love to have that play into it because we still have a couple of iterations of the Hulk that we have to get into because they've been pushing the Maestro, and uh, the, yeah, the, the, totally. the the two versions that Hulk has not turned into is Professor Hulk and Maestro, and they even had a list a couple like like eight months ago. God damn, how long have we been doing this? <laughs>
2: Longer than that.
0: Longer than that, man. Longer than that. Uh, break down some FF for me, brother.
2: Well, there's this new book that the FF is doing right now. And uh, it is... Um, so a couple of weeks ago, they did a number one. I saw a number two come out this week. Somehow or another, I missed it a couple of weeks ago. I was like, all right, well, let's let's double check this thing. And um, uh, let's see here. Let me pull up these or this uh, credits page. It's called Fantastic Four Antithesis, uh, and they're billing it as a new story from a classic era brought to you by Mark Wade and Neil Adams. Well, how can you go wrong there? Uh, inks by Mark Farmer, color by Laura Martin, letter VCs Joe Caramanga, Magna, sorry, uh, and uh, variant artists in variant covers, if you give a rip. Um... And, of course, because it's, you know, it's the Fantastic Four and they're harkening back to what I could only qualify as being a very 90s concept and 90s feel for this. Uh, the art is very 90s and they really capture it. It's a lot of punch-ins, a lot of close-ups, a lot of over-the-top comic book illustrations of characters, their expressions, their... Uh, bodies in movement. Um, It makes me think of checking out a book from the library how to draw comics and it talked about just the exaggerated style. But this is like, this isn't um, you know, X-Men Apocalypse or something like that. And it has all of the best cosmic qualities of the FF in it. Page one of issue one Annihilists, sorry, I whacked my microphone. Annihilists freaking out about some stuff and the FF dealing with it in New York. And, uh, you know, they're using their brains, they're figuring it out, they're doing the right thing, they're cracking jokes. Uh, the thing is making it. Uh, That's the fun thing about the thing is that it doesn't matter how haughty some villain thinks they are because of where they come from or how powerful they are in those instances. The thing just does not give a rip, and he is totally not going to play ball with their crap. But then they go back to the shop, they've got date night, and it's just like, okay, you know, it's the first family. And there's a really, really great joke where uh, the thing is like, oh, it's time for your bath, Torch. And uh, Torch is like, it's not Thursday yet. You're just like, oh, God, does Johnny only actually take a bath once a week? He's too much like Playboy. Exactly. He'd have to be getting cleaned up. And then there's this other funny gag. And honestly, a lot of times I'd just be like, well, this is BS. But the invisible woman makes her clothes invisible long enough to get Reed Richards' attention and pull him away <laughs> from, from his instruments and stuff like that. Uh, there's just a lot of goofiness in here. And it's over the top because of its illustrations and points. And then it's like, so one panel, you'll have a gag leading back to a panel from before, like Reed and Sue running out of their room in their robes. They went away and they did it, you know. And then there will be a panel a minute later, and they're all highlighted by the instrumentation they're looking at, and they're underlit. So, like, the mastery of the illustrative style in this book is really something else but they all get excited and freaked out about some you know powerful meteor or whatever that's going to come and crash into the earth and they all have to team up and use their powers incredibly in uh, their own way to be able to slow this thing down glance it off of an invisibility disc and have it crash out in the middle of nowhere swamps around New York and it's the Silver Surfer and you you're so of course it's okay, the, the Silver Surfer of course, because it's a Fantastic Four book. It's a, I think this is one of those, we're writing a love letter to the Fantastic Four. I mean, the surfer shows up and say, says, quite like what happened in the Infinity Gauntlet book, uh, you know, oh my god, there's this gigantic monster out there, and Galactus is dead. And it's like, okay, so they have this monster that is the personification of all villainy, and for whatever reason, he's got this hole blasted out of his chest. That he has somehow decided to incorporate into his costume or uniform or whatever and uh they they heal up they heal up the uh the surfer to be able to uh get him capable of battle strength and everything again so in, in the second issue um you know they're they're coping with the circumstances they're trying to understand how galactus is dead well galactus might be destroyed by this all-encompassing evil that's on its way to Earth. Despite the fact that he's recently dead in the pages of Thor. Totally, totally. We don't care about that because nobody's drinking coffee at Marvel enough to have a conversation about what we're doing with a world-ending villain uh, on any given month. But, um, of course, this is also one of those... this, This book has that untold tales type of feel. So, it's not that... Galactus is destroyed, it's that he was reverted back into Galen and tossed into the negative zone. So the surfer has to stay behind and maintain a link with, you know, the non-negative zone. And uh, they all go in there and they're like, Oh man, we gotta rescue the guy that's gonna be Galactus and they, they pull it off by accident, again having to fight Annihilists goons. And, you know, I mean, honestly, if you like the FF, this has everything you could possibly want. It's got Reed and Sue. It's got over-the-top technological whatnot. It's got cosmic stuff. It's got terrestrial stuff. It's got cosmic power. It's got the Surfer, Galactus, Annihilus. What else are they going to pull in, you know? Blastar. Blastar. uh, (laughs) uh, God, I don't know. Immortus. I mean, Doctor Doom. Clearly, I mean, there's any number of possibilities where this could go, and it is extreme, but it's not so over the top that I can't stand it. You know, this isn't uh this isn't some like Mark Bagley 1997 Clone Saga extreme. It's just no, you can't get over really the, can forced. You? Pers- no, I mean I don't <laughs> have a problem with it now. I, just I like go back shit. and I think about. Uh, yeah, I did, but like. I appreciate Mark Bagley. I think that as he's gotten older, his stuff has got better and better, as evidenced most recently by his run on uh, Spider-Man throughout through the ages. That was phenomenal work, and we covered every issue. Uh, I'm just going to say that the uh, the perspectives and the comic book, the comic bookiness of this of this title is incredible. But yeah, that's that's two issues that I, I, I looked at this week just to try to get a handle on it. It's really good. How did it make you feel,
0: though? I mean, like, one of my favorite things about comics is how it, like, I could be having a bad day at work, take a break, read a good FF, and it just clears my palate.
2: I, did, I get that, yeah. I mean, it it touches on nostalgic qualities of FF stories. Especially the art, like you said. Right. Huh? Especially, like, the art, like you said. Oh, yeah, the art really, really pulls this together. But, I mean, like, this has that John Byrne quality, and it has the, uh, and maybe I mean, I don't know. I mean, it's Neil Adams and Mark Wade. I mean, how can you F up on that? And you're not. And that's not even an FF joke or a pun. <laughs> it's just, how did it make me feel? It was like, I'm having more fun watching these characters interact with one another and investigating the artwork than I'm ever going to have caring at all about this villain that they're going to defeat in some way or another, because this is a story that probably takes place 25 plus years ago. And if that's the case and they get defeated, I mean, you know, nothing. We got no FF for the last 25 years. And yet this is, this is a story that's not taking place in regular continuity period. And so it's just for fun. And, uh, it's amazing when you can come, when you can have that kind of clout as, an, as a creator and come in and say, Hey guys, I know there's an FF book right now, but I just want to do an FF story. Can I just do like an FF story that, you know, it's just for fun and we'll, we'll release it and it'll make you guys some money, you know, and it'll make me some money. And they're like, hell yeah, let's do it. I mean, that's where we are with this.
0: That's hard to do in the first place because it's hard to pick what, what nonchalant... Not having anything to do with what's really going on, comics that you want to actually take your time to read or buy. Totally. And when you're talking about like the classic art, I'm thinking about, uh, man, I was completely engrossed by Black Widow number one. Man, like the the cl- the classicism of the artwork slash the way they progressed it. There's a lot of poses here that I swear to God this artist had someone pose for to make sure he got it just goddamn right.
2: I'm sorry. What, what book? In Black Widow number one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. I thought that was the segment, that yeah, I yeah. felt like you said something different. Black Widow number
0: one. I'm like even her just looking at her phone, uh, mm-hmm. running through the door, uh, like like the the kick slash punch uh, slash two page of the fight which you gotta do because it's one of the best parts about when we first got introduced to natalia and uh, iron man was when happy is like beating one guy up outside and uh she kills like eight dudes like in one hallway but the, uh, <laughs> we see her in the trench coat man like uh, it, it's classic 60s pose i mean that's a classic 60s pose like even if you were buying uh one of those things from walmart or kmart where you're about to like you're buying the the fabric and you're buying the the cuts how to make it and uh it's one of those things and i love the cover i love the fact they made her curvy they made her a little bit mm-hmm. more probable as a real woman yeah and then we get more into it and the artwork develops, man. Like, like you, you look at her in the trench coat, and she's like Mary Jane in 1965. Precisely.
2: But, I, I looked at that, and I was like, oh, man, who are you more into? This, this version of Black Widow or any Mary Jane ever. But
0: flip three pages where she's looking at her phone, all in red, and this is mm-hmm. total noobism it's great and then we we then next page you see this beautiful sky shot of skyscrapers and you see her running the running the rail the rope from one place to another and we got cap Mm -hmm. who is half classical half newbieism and i love it and the best part of this and before i get too far we gotta get some credits because we always forget uh kelly thompson writer and uh, mm. you were saying, what else did she do that was pretty badass?
2: Um, I've got her listed as having done some Jessica Jones. Ooh, new Jessica. Uh, which would have been the most recent Jessica Jones, because Brian Michael Bendis had all of it up until recently. She did some. She did the Gem and the Holograms comics over... Uh, IDW? God, what? It had to have be been IDW. Yeah. Let me click into that while you're checking it out. We've I got, feel like I had
0: We've it got artist there. Elena... Uh Casa Grande, uh Jordi Belair, color artist. BC's mm-hmm. Corey Pettit, letterer, Adam Hughes, cover artist. Um yeah. we've had a ton of different styles of artwork here, but like I mean I'm I'm flipping through it and I see uh a bug's eye view of her on the motorcycle. Uh, we see mm-hmm. uh, a Hawks eye view of taking off into the horizon. Uh a dog's eye view from far watching her pull up to her modern, modern home. And she's happy. She's got a husband and this is really confusing. But at the same time though, one of my favorite parts about this is the idea that it's meant to confuse you, but you're not alone because Hawkeye is confused and so is winter soldier. We've got a problem here. Hey, fuck off, man. Like, let me show you what's going on (laughs) and nah, fuck you. Click. not no, call back showing you what i'm seeing and she's walking past a a newspaper uh uh, not newspaper a uh, local newscast look right right checking out a dress and like no fucking way and yeah we've got a problem okay so she's been missing (laughs) but there's no way in hell that she would have accidentally walked into peripheral view of any camera known at all she would have known anything Um, We've got a problem and we got to figure it out, even though we both aren't too keen on each other at the moment. The mystery is what I like. And the fact that we're thrown into the mystery, but then we get this point of view, this centric version where this is where the event horizon is happening. We're not alone. We've got two dudes here that are feeling the same way. And, you know, she's working as an architect. And. We don't even know who the bad guy is yet, but until the very end, which is really confusing to me because Okay, so we get Arcade. Arcade's the bad guy here. I've read a ton of arcade books. He's one of my favorite bad guys slash <laughs> one of my least like. Like it depends on the story, but Arcade is always someone that's a six issue story. Uh yeah. Yeah. He throws a big puzzle, confuses everyone, and then he gets his ass kicked very easily. Um, not too keen on the fact that that he's the bad guy in this. I'm hoping he's working for someone bigger. Well, he's
2: talking to somebody, yeah, that's exactly what's happening. He's talking to somebody who's definitely pulling the real strings, you know?
0: Man but arcade man it's it's one of those things that i could see it in a d list x-men comic uh I, I i bought into it with uh, victims of uh, wolverine and gambit uh jeff loeb and um who's he always work with tim sale tim sale that was one of my favorite wolverine mm-hmm. comic books ever or gambit comic books quick six six issues one and done get it toys r us i got it in a pack um <laughs> but I don't see him being a legitimate Black Widow baddie.
2: No, I mean, and it all begs the question: like, what is there to gain from not just killing the Black Widow, but turning her into a homemaker with some false boyfriend? Unless she's, unless this dude is a Hydra plant or something like that, or. Who the heck knows? Oh, but the, sto- the
0: story has to be something so big that they know that the only one that could legitimately infiltrate us and take us down in any way is Black Widow. So they're taking the key player off the board immediately. Ah, you're tired, brother.
2: I am so wiped out. I know, you. brother. We're
0: done with Black Widow. Move on. Next, <laughs> Last last but not least, X of Swords. All uh, right. Here's the deal about X of Swords. It's the most complicated
2: X-Men story I've ever encountered. I got about six pages in. I was like, I don't understand what's going on.
0: You have to understand. You have to be reading everything that's going on in Excalibur. About how mm-hmm. Lens is basically a good guy. He's going by a different name that only Krakoa can pronounce. Uh, he has reunited with the externals. Uh One of the externals has faked her death and put her soul into a gem that they think they have, but they don't actually have. Only Gambit has it. We're talking about the fact that Krakoa has a sister or father-to-mother or lover-to-lover type island here. And the all-white albino guy is actually the, the baddie. We're talking... The first time you'll ever see Insubana or take a knee and say "I'm sorry." Um, Whoa! That yeah. that's all I'm gonna say because you're gonna have to rewind. You're gonna have to read everything that's going on X Men, except X Factor, which really fucking sucks. Um, <laughs> and and I, I'm sorry. I know it's decent art. Everyone's putting good art in it, but like it's it's like we're reading. Great literature and X Factor right now is a fashion magazine right now, and it's like, hey, guess who got pregnant? What's Kim Kardashian doing? I don't care. Uh, you're losing, you're losing the aspect of X Factor immediately, and that's all I'm going to tell you. But God, I'm just happy to have you on the phone, man. You're you're busting your ass on the set. We still can't tell you what movie he's working on. I don't know what movie he's working on. Um, but oh
2: now. Some of us know better than others. Yeah, it's just—it's exhausting. Ah, just a ton of work.
0: Pushing the pushing the limit, baby.
2: Push that! Push the envelope. Push the limit.
0: Lead us off, man. Say this is dangerous.
2: It is dangerous. This is dangerous. What we're doing is dangerous. Being aware, being awake, being alert, looking into the. Uh, creative process looking into the uh, the the creators the teams the concepts the desires where is it going why is it different than what we've already read you know it's amazing that some of these uh, some of these creative teams and duos and multiples can come up with something month after month after month that is, different than anything that we ever experienced growing up. And I was thinking about Daredevil. I was like, man, I remember when you could read Daredevil books from the 70s and Daredevil would do something and they'd be, they'd be like, oh, hey, you know, you don't want to get in trouble with, with uh, I don't want to get in any trouble with you guys. You're the police and the police are like, oh, you do us favors all the time, Daredevil. Do what you need to do. It's like, wow, man, we're way beyond that type of stuff now.
0: Now. Anyway, now this is dangerous. This is uh how how would you say it? Is it this is dangerous
2: and uh I get real close to the mic. I get real close the to the mic, I drop time. down a few octaves and I just tell y'all, this is dangerous. This transmission is over. <laughs> <laughs> that
1: was nice.